Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. On this episode, we will be talking about the Julio Jones saga um, and how likely it is that he becomes a Tennessee Titan. What are the things needed um, to get him in Nashville, to get him to Nashville so that he can be a Titan and help this team try to win some games? Um, Also, we're going to be talking about this mindset within the Nashville atmosphere for pro pro teams in general, whether it be hockey, whether it be soccer, whether it be obviously football, we're a football centric um, podcast. And then, you know, we can even expand and go towards Memphis. So let's make it statewide and talk about the Grizzlies and basketball, what's needed to kind of get these sports franchises over the hump. And if you look at it across boards, there's 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 a few things that you can do to get franchises over the hump. Um, first, though, we're going to talk about the Titans and their interest in Julio Jones. Um, I think one of the main factors when talking about Julio Jones is we have to kind of reverse engineer this thing, right? We have to talk about. Why are we headed into June and we're talking about trading, you know, your future, which is your draft picks. And we're talking about trading possible players as well for a 32 year old phenom. You know, I don't don't know if you can be a phenom at this age. Usually phenom pertains to, you know, um, you know, more. Um, new, new acts. I mean, like I said, this guy's 32 years old, but he is phenomenal. He is a freak. Um, but he was on the injury report, um, more times than a little bit, uh, last year with a hamstring injury that kind of, you know, dampered his season. But every time Julio plays, you know, even, even when it's not 100%, you know, he makes plays that are, it's just crazy. You know, this guy has mastered the game, mastered um, the position. So obviously him being a Tennessee Titan would help this team even at 80 percent. Now, don't get me wrong on that. But let's like like I said, let's reverse engineer this thing. Let's unpack it. We're heading into June. We're talking about trading for a wide receiver um, that's 32 years old. Um, his contract will be 15 million in 2021 and then roughly 11 million in the two years after. So 2022, 2023, 11 million around that, around that number. Um, you know, we went through, you know, the season getting knocked out by the Ravens because you didn't play with play style variants. <clears throat> um, and then you go through the play, the playoffs. Okay. We went through the playoffs. Then you go through free agency. Then you go through a whole draft process and then you're still, trying to get a wide receiver that is a formidable matchup opposite A.J. Brown. So you went through two player acquisition pools, two player acquisition possibilities, and you even drafted two players from the position. You even signed a free agent. Um, wide receiver, but yet you're still trying to trade and mortgage your future for another wide receiver. And, you know, honestly, who's to say if 
the Titans didn't draft a more premier wide receiver at a higher draft spot and, and, and even signed a, a more high-end wide receiver, you know, who's to say they still wouldn't try to trade for one of the best wide receivers of all time, right? You know, um, one of the best, right? So that's still a po- on the table and a possibility to be recognized and understood. But however, when you start talking about I know that drafts have been up and down from this franchise um, for the past two draft cycles. I can understand that. But to mortgage your future for a player that has one or two years left, you know, and it's going to be at a discount. So there's a lot of pros to it. But what I want to get down to is I'm not trying to critique the decision here nor there i'm just trying to unpack it right so that that people can understand that team building has several different avenues for you to acquire talent and and sometimes when something is in your face to acquire high level talent it doesn't always have to be a blockbuster trade right you know it's awesome to have a, a guy like Julio available that's very well established, that is a freak talent type of player, and then you have the opportunity and feel like you have the arsenal to trade for him because at this point, the Tennessee Titans have about $3.3 million in cap space, so they would have to do some roster gymnastics in order to take on that $15 million uh, salary of Julio a la getting players like Ryan Tannehill to restructure his contract, move uh, money into the, you know, uh, pay it out slowly, giving him a signing bonus instead of having uh, money on the books for 2021 season, instead moving into a signing bonus so that he gets the money up front and therefore that money can be used for Julio. But then when we start talking about just not the position of wide receiver, we start talking about the edge depth. You know, we start talking about cornerback um, continuity, defensive back continuity. Like Tennessee Titans have pretty much a brand new secondary um, outside of Kevin Byard and then Amani Hooker getting, you know, uh, uh, some reps in last year. So you have a whole new cornerback base um, when you didn't want to pay Malcolm Butler, who was the best defensive player on the Tennessee Titans last year. you didn't want to pay him that money. Then you didn't want to pay John New or Corey Davis money, but yet you're willing to restructure for Julio. I get it. Don't get me wrong. The Tennessee Titans and a Julio marriage would be awesome, but don't act like we like we haven't seen the Tennessee Titans operate with two top 10 graded wide receivers before. You can go as recent as last year to find that. According to PFF, regardless of what you think about it, because I'm not here for your bigotry and I'm not here for your unguided and um, uneducated viewpoint of PFF as a grading scale. You have to use it with a grain of salt with also applying the contextual matter that PFF provides. Um, You have to dive into it and study it. But PFF had A.J. Brown as the number two wide receiver in the league last year. And then Corey Davis was at 10. So the Tennessee Titans have had two top 10 wide receivers before. 
Um, AJ going over a thousand yards. Corey Davis, um, basically one or two catches away um, from, um, and I I don't know the exact yardage, so I'm just saying based off his average uh, yards per catch, about one or two catches away from having, you know, an a thousand yard season himself. So the Tennessee Titans is not too foreign for them to have wide receivers, you know, knocking on the door of a thousand yards before we saw what that type of offense can do. I'm much more concerned concern with the defense, right? We've, we, we've had a high powered offense. That's nothing new to us. Nothing new to us whatsoever. So one of the things that I will have to say is, wouldn't you think some of that money should be allocated towards the defense so that, I mean, if you make this move, you are without a doubt saying that we're just going to try to outscore everybody with the new offensive coordinator, right? He's been on the team, so it's not like a different system is being installed. So that's good. But the the differences between coordinators is is usually like some type of subtle ideology or opinion about a certain situation. Whereas in this situation, Arthur Smith might like play action. In this situation, um, you know, Todd Downing might like empty. So those little subtleties is going to make the difference within you know the how different they are as coordinators. But at the same time, you don't have the tight end. So when you're manipulating all this money to get Julio, if it happens, right, and, and the likelihood of it happening is, I would say, around 50-50. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like you're 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 putting it all in for one guy that's often injured. It just seems like hustling backwards to me because I haven't seen a team win a championship with um, a high-powered offense and a lackluster defense since – you know, literally, statistically, since the Giants, it's been a decade, the 2011 Giants, since a good offense and a mid to below average defense has won. Now, let's just say this defense gets it together, puts it together, and is a top 10 defense. I don't see it, but let's just say that's the the matter. Then you have two top 10 offense and defense, and, and that is more ideal. But the likelihood of that occurring with little to no, like you can say the Bud Dupree signing will improve the pass rush. Yeah, when he's in and if he comes back 100% healthy. You would say drafting Rashad Weaver would put the Titans in a good situation, but you don't literally, you literally don't know his future because of the evaluation and the off the field stuff. And then you look at the depth, you have some guys and we'll talk about them as we start talking about the series and, and, and going into detail, but there's just not enough there to give you confidence that they'll be any better than last year. Well, a little bit better than last year, right? And then after that, you I mean, you have a top flight corner that you drafted, but then once again, we're waiting on and just holding our breath, or some people are holding, holding their breath about how he'll pan out with the injury. You know, and then we're talking about Janoris Jenkins, who's always been a great athlete, not the best tackler, not always reliable all the time in terms of like, you know, uh, discipline. Um, And then, you know, 
it's just a very uncertain defense to be going all in on uh, one offensive player that's often injured. And I don't mean to rain on people's parade because you you know this is this is one hundred percent you know this market is one hundred percent about the fans. But I would say that you know maybe in the future next time you start thinking about constructing a team in a different fashion, in terms of like placing priority in places to where. Um, you strengthen the team, not just one um, position group. But, you know, that's just me. Um, let's just move on to also this market, you know, in terms, not the market, because media, they're going to, journalists, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Take stories, try to spin it and make it as entertaining as possible, right, for the fans to consume. But I'm talking about as far as, far as um, like the culture of, of winning, right? If there's one thing that I have done, if it's not, you know, the X's and O's, if it's not literally watching thousands of hours of tape of on prospects, is something that I do is I study winners. Um, I find solace in in listening to people who have the same mindset as me. And uh, finding strength in what they say, because sometimes when you do it, when you don't have that support, you rub people the wrong way, Um, especially, you know, early in the process. You also feel isolated. You also feel, you know, you can feel all these things because you think differently. Your opinions, um, you know, are on a different level. And when you hear these people, it's very inspiring. And I think that the common denominator of everybody who wins, it's it's a passion level that is almost unmanageable within yourself. And it also is a, you know, a humility within yourself at the same time. It's a it's an, an extreme passion and it's a humility. One of the reasons why I know so much about the Titans and so much about winning winning is because I've dealt with loss, whether it be personal and as well as just I've seen a lot of Tennessee Titans losses. I know what can what wins and what doesn't. Um, and you can even say some of those losses I take personally. And that's just me personally. Like, that's just me. And you can say, oh, it wasn't you on the field or these losses are 10 years almost two decades ago and you still feel some type of way about it well that's why i say that i enjoy listening to winners because they're the type of people that can relate to that kind of feeling um so for me it's like when you have that internal drive you do things differently um the expansion of your mind, of your energy, of the way that you get things done, the attention to detail, it's on a different level than other people. And it's not to toot your own horn, it's not to say or undermine anybody, it's literally what is. Um, and I think that, that that should be celebrated and accepted more to be like, okay, if somebody's on a different level, just because you're not on it, you shouldn't take personal offense to it. And if they say it and they know it, you either step up to the plate and try to emulate or whatever, which what 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 we're really trying to do with everything, then that's great. Because one of the things that I know for a fact 
and whether they admit it or not is within because right now I'm not on a team. I'm basically some form of uh, a hybrid media guy, scout guy, because of just of what the type of information I am. If you're not on a team, you're basically in media. I know for a fact my presence has elevated the game of everybody in the media. They will not say it. They will not notice it. But I notice there's things that people do within the media, in the Nashville media now that they do, that they didn't do prior to me coming on the scene. Why? Because I've stepped, I've rolled, I've, I've made the level of competition and the level of excellence rise within my community and in the media. That's not tooting my own horn. I've literally seen it. Certain ideas are, 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 are taken and then given a certain twist to benefit them. You know, uh, for example, I had a Madden idea to create a Madden series for Tennessee Titans fans. You know, every game, plan it out, recording it, whatever. That idea was, quote unquote, with perfect timing, quote unquote, taken and did even better than my idea. Why? Because they have a bigger following. Um, you know, other other situations such as with caps, cap numbers and stuff like that. I'm, I, I would almost say guaranteed that before I started dealing with cap numbers, like entertaining cap numbers, creating my own game plans and showing structure of cap and what does this mean, you know, fifth year options, uh, trades and how much teams will be able to take on certain contracts, really doing the work on that before I was doing it. All people did was go to the Joel Corys of the world or agents or the tracks or the over the cap and they only referenced them. They never did the work themselves. They were always outsourcing and ref- referencing things. Now people all of a sudden, since I've come on the scene, they do the math themselves because I've broke it down in a way that makes it digestible. Um... And I can only go by this by timing. There are certain things that I've shared that the Tennessee Titans have done, whether it be play calling, whether it be ideas about about the jerseys, whether it be whatever. Like these things, you can call it a coincidence all you want to. The timing of these are uh, it's it's you know it's undeniable. So, you know, with that being said, I just think the the mindset of these franchises have to go from. Like I'm just doing my duty and I'm following a process and it's so rigid and it's so um, structured to how they've been thinking for years. I think that it needs a new refreshing type of personality like myself that could come in and just give that energy. Um, So I just feel like just for the sake of Tennessee sports and Nashville sports in general, you need it definitely there there's a there's a boost needed and uh you know i think it would be amazing for our state and city so with that being said we got another podcast coming right after this one uh talking about the Tennessee Titans and analytics because we already know how my team performed analytics a thousand simulations of my form team back in march I redid that with the current team now to see how far, well, not how far they would have gone, but at least how they mesh, right? How will they mesh 
with this roster as is, and that's coming up on the next podcast. Thanks for keeping up with me. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and I will see you on the next one.